Alright, folks, coming to you live. Stay with me now, Tuesday after Tuesday after Tuesday. I'm Big Game Bob, coming to you on the local airwaves, through the mic, headset, whatever it may be, how you're listening, why you're listening. We're just happy to have you aboard here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show, and don't mind if I let you know that behind the glass you're looking at Grace Abraham on the ones and twos. Grace, we got to get you more comfortable back there. It kind of looks like you're in a penalty box behind the glass there. You don't look too comfortable. You know, it's like you just got called for a high sticking and you're serving five minutes in the box. You know, we got to let you kind of move around a little bit. Sorry about that there, Grace. The question still remains, when is Grace going to speak? And we, we kind of enjoy it. We like We got that in our back pocket. You know, we kept discussing, like, all right, what episode do you come on? When, when do you? And then we decided it, it may, it may be best just to not even, not even like do it on a particular episode, but just like answer one of my questions, or just like at the most random moment, just chime in. You know, just totally throw people off guard. We kind of have them on their toes, and we enjoy it. There's a little bit of a suspense. When is Grace going to speak? But anywho, before we jump into this episode, we're now episode 15, I believe. Holy shit, we are rocking and rolling. Let me go ahead and remind you that the Brimley Dumb Show is brought to you by none other than Windex. Whip it, wipe it, clean it, spray it. Big Game Bob puts that shit on just about everything. Yes, everything. My God, I'm still getting these DMs. Of people sending me spraying Windex. I had one the other day. It was the funniest one. I told you I got one was spraying it on their wife fucking around. She got all upset and I told you he was the guy spraying it. And as he's spraying going whip it, wipe it, clean it. I put that. There was one. This guy was at an amusement park. And I put an Instagram story up just to send me your most bizarre video of you with the Windex bottle. It's kind of like back in the day in elementary school, like they would give you like a certain project and you take like a stuffed animal around with you everywhere and you do a report on where you took the stuffed animal with you. I do that with the Windex bottles. I think it's hilarious. One guy was out, he was at like a Six Flags or Hershey Park. He's on top of a roller coaster and he pulls out this little Windex bottle. Like it was like a little travel Windex bottle. And, and he's going through the roller coaster just spraying it. Now, mind you, if you're behind him, you're just sucking in about a pound of just Windex in your mouth. He's going, pick it up, Windex, baby. And he's rolling through the coaster just spraying it. Oh, God, it was hilarious. He sent it as a Snapchat, though, so I couldn't save it. But if you happen to be somewhere and you got a Windex bottle on you, just, just send me a video of you spraying that shit. I think it's awesome. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump right into this here, Grace. Uh, For our sports segment, I want to start Zion Williamson. Anybody see the viral video of him breaking a golf club? He was out golfing. I'm, I'm watching this video, and he's swinging a golf club, and he completely shatters the thing. It, it, it's not even, for those of you who don't know who Zion Williamson, I don't know how, how you don't, if you don't. Um, he's about six foot nine and built like a train. 
So think of a, a train in human form. You're looking at Zion Williamson. He is a massive human being and just a freak in nature. But he's swinging this golf club. It was like a toothpick was in his hands. And the, the, the head of the golf club goes absolutely flying into the air. He shatters the entire thing. It was like a charity golf tournament. But the most amazing part is that the golf club didn't even hit the ground. It's like it was just from the fact of him swinging it and how fast he swung this thing that it just went flying off the rails. He, he made good contact with the ball. But I saw this, and I didn't think twice about it. Like, I think I saw it on my Instagram, and I just kept scrolling through my feed. Like, it didn't affect me at all, because as crazy as it is for the normal person, it's just kind of like expected now out of Zion Williamson. I truly didn't think twice. I just kept scrolling. That's how much of a freak this guy is. You know, like if somebody told me that he legitimately jumped through the ceiling of a stadium, came back down, dunked the ball, and shattered the backboard glass, like, I would get it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be cool to see the video, but it wouldn't shock me. You know, at this point in this guy's career with how big this guy is, it really doesn't, you don't think twice about it. Like, if I woke up tomorrow morning and, and somebody told me that Antonio Brown went on a shooting rampage and just shot five people in the head, yeah, it'd be, it'd be big news, be breaking news, but it wouldn't shock me. He's a friggin' lunatic. He's a head case. And don't worry, I'm not going to go into Antonio Brown's segment because I'm tired of the guy. But, like, I just, the guy's a nut. It wouldn't surprise me. Same thing with Zion Williamson breaking this five iron. It, it like, it made sense. He didn't even hit the ground. It was just from swinging the thing so fast. And I'll tell you another thing. For the sports segment, I am done with LA Sports Talk Radio. I've had it. I want nothing to do with it anymore. I miss New York Sports Talk Radio, so I went out and got serious. I got a subscription. That's why I could listen to Howard Stern. I could listen to New York Sports Talk Radio, The Michael K Show, Mike Francesa. I just can't do L.A. anymore. They talk about the Lakers and the Dodgers, and that's it. There's no other teams. That's all they could talk about. If I hear one more segment about what LeBron James had for breakfast, I, I just couldn't do it. The other day, they, were, they, they spent a 15-minute segment talking about LeBron's off-season vacation, about the yacht that he's on. They were given the parameters of the yacht, what's on the yacht, they were talking about the food spread that he's had in his Instagram feed that he's showing everybody. I mean, I just can't listen to it every single day. So I, so I got serious, and I could just listen to just about anything now because I miss New York Sports Talk Radio. It's great radio, but I just miss the nut jobs that call in, the people that have nothing better to do than their day than wait two and a half hours just to make a ridiculous point to Mike Francesa. Hey, Mike, uh, first time, long time caller. This is John from uh, Staten Island. Uh, Mike, I wanted to think if the Yankees aren't going to bring back Mariano to be a closer for the playoffs this year, what about doing something? Maybe bringing like Brett Favre on? You know what I mean, Mike? 
And Mike Francesco would be like, uh, Brett Favre was a f- retired football player. Why would the Yankees? Be- I don't know. You could be right, Mike, but he's got to have an arm. I mean, if he could throw a football 50 yards, why can't he pitch a fastball 95 miles per hour? And then they always end the segment with, just something to think about, Mike. I'll leave you with that. It's hilarious. I mean, these guys have nothing better to do. And they make just the most ridiculous, ridiculous points. And they get immediately shot down by, like, Francesa or Michael K. And then follow it up with a, yeah, you know what, Mike, you're right. You're right. Brett Favre on the Yankees would not be a good idea. You're right. All right, thanks for taking the call, Mike. And then they're gone. <laughs> and then they're gone. They go on to the next caller. It's just, I, I don't know, something about sports talk radio in New York, it just, it just takes me home. Or like the classic, the best time to listen to New York sports talk radio is after week one of the NFL season. They call it overreaction Monday because the takes are just hilarious. If you lost the first week of the season, you're done. You're screwed. You're the worst franchise ever to be known. But if you win, you're a contender for the Super Bowl. Like the classic one was Dak Prescott after week one. The first topic they talked about, would you prefer Joe Namath or Dak Prescott? Now, mind you, after week 16 of last year, Dak Prescott was a, the 25th best quarterback in the NFL. Soon as the guy throws for 350 yards against the New York football giants, who pretty much are a college football team right now, he's a contender for the best of all time. Yeah, Mike, look, I know uh, I know Joe Namath was good, but there's something about this Dak Prescott. He's really something special, Mike. I mean, you got to put him as a top three quarterback, no, Mike? Uh, Mike's like, uh, no, he is actually yet to win a Super Bowl. And they're like, yeah, you know what, Mike, you're right. You're right. I'll leave you with that, though. I just missed that. There's something so special about the radio there. And so I'm back. I listen in every single day to these lunatics, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, quite frankly. Moving on. So this one is good. This, I I was chomping at the bit to get behind the microphone to, to do this one. Okay, my buddy from New Jersey moved to Houston, Texas to become a hotel manager for a Hilton hotel. Now, listen to how great this is, okay? He got a resume they're hiring for a manager with their front office. So he's rolling through all these resumes. He calls me. He goes, Robbie, you've got to see this. I said, see what? He says, check your phone. I go to my messages It's a resume from a kid who applied for the front office at his hotel, and he's giving his leadership experience and previous job history, Grace. Get this, okay? This kid was a mascot for Miami Marlins. He was Billy the Marlin. Okay, and he's not joking around when he when he puts this. He's he's dead serious about the job description. He put, get this, strengthen fan relations by performing as Billy the Marlin at the stadium, charity events, and others. Dead serious. <laughs> it's like, okay, boom, you're hired, Bill. Now, regardless of what this guy's actual name is, there's no way I could see past the Billy the Marlin thing. I told my friend, I said, I, I, I'm calling him Billy. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. 
again, strengthened fan relations by performing as Billy the Marlin at games, charities, and others. Worked with staff to organize weekly appearances and produce new promotional ideas as Billy the Marlin. Is that not great? Now, first thing I'm thinking of, though, have you seen the Miami Marlins' attendance? Do you really think that's the mascot you want to hire? They may have the lowest attendance in all of baseball, Grace. If we could fact check that. I mean, that may be something you want to leave off the resume, not just because of, you know, being the Billy the Marlin, but it's the fact of if you're a baseball fan, the Marlins fan base is terrible. But so many questions popped up in my head that I would have for this kid. I told my buddy, I said, I would totally just disregard the interview and ask for the true cold hard facts. Like, think about this, okay? I, I, I mean, is there someone who washes the Billy the Marlin uniform? Is there a dry cleaning? If, if, for those of you who don't know who Billy the Marlin is, it, it, it is what it sounds. He's a big fucking Marlin. And he jumps around the dugout. He tries to get all of the... 20 people that show up to the game fired up. He's bouncing around everywhere, throwing out T-shirts. I mean, it's an actual Marlin. So after the game, is there somebody that now cleans the Billy the Marlin uniform, or does he have to take this to, to a dry cleaning of his choice? Does this kid just walk in with a, with a Marlin costume into his local dry cleaner? You know, how does that work? And then another question I thought of... If this kid clocks in and he's not in uniform, is that technically stealing company time? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, does he have to be in full? Does he have to be the Marlin when he clocks in? Because if not, he's technically on the clock, but he's stealing company time. I mean, just some of these questions that came to my head, it's just hilarious. I wouldn't be able to, to, to... to take this interview seriously. I mean, it's so funny. But what kind of benefits does Billy the Marlin get? You ever thought about that? And like when he goes to to do his contract, you know, their, their proposal, does he compare it to other mascots around the league? It's like, yeah, I see here you guys are paying me 45000 which is okay, but um, no dental or health coverage. I checked in with the fighting Philly of the Philadelphia Phillies mascot. Um, he's getting full dental and health coverage with a 401k. So you could disregard the dental, because I don't know if Marlins have teeth, but I want the health insurance, and I want to be paid the same amount that the fighting Philly is. You know, can you, can you kind of compare other mascots around the league? I mean, could you imagine? For all I know, this guy's name could be Scott. Like, hi, Bill. How are you? It's like, my name's Scott. Anyway, moving on here, Bill. How do you see past that? And to put that on the resume is ballsy. I think it's fantastic. I think it's hilarious. And, and the serious line under it as, as the tests performed strengthen fan relations by performing as Billy the mascot. Told my buddy, I said, if you don't hire him, I sure as hell will. Oh, God, I just couldn't wait to to get that out. Been laughing about it for all the whole week. 
I'll never be able to look at Billy Marlin, Billy the Marlin the same. So if you happen to be checking in in a Hilton somewhere in Houston, Texas, you may be speaking to the Billy the Marlin himself. Be sure and say hi and wishes Marlins continued success, I guess you could call it. Anywho, moving on. Grace, I go through like these spurts where I have a good meal at a place that I just tried, and if I like it, rather than stopping in there once every couple weeks, once every two weeks, I'll just I'll go in 14 days straight and eat the same meal every single day. It's just like a spurt. And it's just, it's nonstop. And I've done that lately with, with Jersey Mike's, the sub shop. They're obviously based out of Jersey. I, I never really went to a Jersey Mike's till I was in L.A. But there's a guy who works at my hotel. He works in the jewelry store at the hotel. And when he's not working there, he has a second job. He's a manager at a Jersey Mike's. So when he's not slicing and dicing the 24-carat ring for your fiancé to be... He is slicing your pastrami at Jersey Mike's. So he told me, he's like, Rob, you got to stop by the Jersey Mike's. Come by, I'll take care of you. And gave me like five coupons for a free sub. And you would, ex- you know, you would think you would still have to pay for, you know, the extras like avocado and all. But no, just a coupon for free. Whatever sub, whatever you want to put on it, just go. So I, with five days straight, I was eating Jersey Mike's. I love it. It's so friggin' good. So. I, I just found out I was walking out of my gym a couple weeks ago, and they're opening the Jersey Mike's right next to the gym. So there's nothing that I would like to do more than to hit a good 45-hour workout and then just go crush a pastrami sandwich at Jersey Mike's. So I see that they're opening one, and they're still, they're like, they're building it. Like they're in the step one process. So I went to peek my head in. And just see what they were up to. What type of progress they were making. And there didn't seem to be anybody running this project. The construction part of it. It was just like four guys just hammering away at the walls. One of them, I, I, I literally, I just walked right in. The doors were open. Guy pops us up. He goes, hey boss, should we start the kitchen tile yet? Or should we wait till the grill's installed to, to start that? And at first I was like, what the fuck? Like, what's he talking to me? And I, I just went with it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Just go ahead and wait till that grill's installed. We should be getting it some point this week, Hector. But thank you for asking. And I just like, I just rolled with it. And I, I want it to, I want the project to finish so bad. Because I want to start crushing these subs before I get tired of Jersey Mike's. So every day I after the gym... I stop in and I check on their progress. But yet again, there seems to be no head honcho in charge of this all. It's the same four guys every single time. There's no project manager on this. So there's every day I come in, so I, I get the feeling now that they think the project manager is me. Or that I have some substantial part in, in this Jersey Mike's renovation. So I, I just go in and I stop in every day to kind of get this thing to, to push and move, move a little bit faster. You know, I want it to be ready. So sometimes I go in and I'll just take like some plywood and just kind of throw it in there. It's like, how we doing here, boys? Oh, we're doing good, Papa. We're doing good. You know, and I, I'm chatting with them all. 
to the point now where I feel like I'm going to be cutting the ribbon on the opening day at this Jersey Mike's. They have no idea that I have nothing to do with this project. They haven't picked up on the fact that I'm in gym clothes every single time I come by. It's hilarious. So the other day, this guy comes to me, and I got their names, all four of them. Hector comes up to me. He's like, Papa, look, I, I just I don't think we're going to make the deadline of October. I, I don't know what to do. I said, Hector, we're going to make this deadline. Look, look, if we need to enforce, if we got to get a couple extra guys, a couple extra set of hands here, I don't mind paying the extra labor. But we are getting this Jersey Mike's up and running before October. It's like, all right, Papa. I said, look, I'll, I'll look into the labor side of things. You let me worry about that. You guys just keep hammering away at the meat slicer there and the, the deli display, okay? How far, how far along are we on that? Okay, I want to have this cash register set up by Friday, so we really got to get this thing installed here, Hector. Okay, Papa. Okay, Papa, we'll keep on moving. All right, take care, Hector. I'll see you same time tomorrow morning. It, no, nobody's running this thing. So now it's almost up and running, but they think they got an October deadline right now. And poor Hector doesn't know that these extra set of hands, these extra bodies, are never coming. They're nowhere to be found. I'm obsessed with Jersey Mike. So what I want to do is I want to get like a picture with the four of them, you know, to kind of show the progress that we've made. I, I feel a part of this whole thing. And one day the boss or the project manager is going to come in and say, who the fuck is this guy? And why is the cashier register already set up? Guy's going to owe me a big thank you and probably give Hector a little bit of a raise because he never got that extra help that was supposed to be on the way. I stop in there every single day. I'm going to take a picture of the Jersey Mike's on the Instagram. I'll start keeping you guys updated on, on the progress we're doing. Notice I say the word were. I'm involved. I'm in it 100%. Me, Hector, and the other three, we're having a ball. So come stop by Jersey Mike's off La Cienega. Expected to be open mid to early October there. Anywho, moving on. My goodness, Grace Abraham, it looks to be that time. If I could trouble you just for a little bit of a drum roll, please. It's the Ask Bob segment. Every week, week after week, I have you folks send on into the DMs. Get yourself announced on the Ask Bob segment. Any questions you may have. Let Bob answer it. May not be able to, but I'll do my best. Here we are on the Ask Bob segment. This question's coming from Kevin Fagan. (laughs) F-A-R-G-A-N. Kevin Fagan. Kevin did not announce where he's from, but odds are with that name, Kevin Fagan is in Upper East Side of the Boston, Massachusetts suburb. Sipping on a Bailey's coffee right now, reading the Boston Herald, watching the Red Sox. Kevin Fagan, that is fantastic. But this is a question that I actually saw on my Instagram DMs. And a lot of times for the Ask Bob segment, it ends up being something funny or whatever it may be. This in particular question, I picked out Kevin Fagan wanted to know, are we going to have some sort of 9-11 tribute with it being the 9-11 week. 9-11 happened the other day, a couple days after this pod, before uh, this podcast was recorded. I wanted to touch on this, okay? And and, and I don't want to 
to end the show on a on a sad segment, but it's got to be touched on. It's a day I'll never forget. You know, there's certain iconic moments in history you're just you're never gonna forget where you were at that time. You know, like for example, my parents they'll always say they'll always remember the day where they were when like OJ was on the uh, on the chase, the OJ chase. The cops were chasing them down, or when they found that you know the verdict of his trial, just things like that, you, you, you just, you remember, you have a, you have a clear memory of where you were that day, what you were doing, and that was me, September 11th, it was 2001, okay, so mind you, I was only 2001, I was eight years old, and I remember I was in third grade, whatever it may be, we're sitting on the carpet, our teacher's reading to us, it was like story time, and somebody from the school walks into the classroom and hands our teacher a piece of paper that, that said something on it. And I, I remember vividly even just being eight, seeing her face and just the look of just devastation, just shock, terrified. And we just we had no idea what was going on or why she was. So she reads it. She gathers herself. Mind you, we're in New Jersey. So we're right over the bridge to New York, and she reads it, and then she she goes on to tell us that it, it was a flat-out lie. Obviously, we were eight years old. She had to lie to us. She wasn't going to tell us what really happened, but apparently she said that there was going to be a ton of traffic in New York past 3 o'clock, and therefore our parents had to come, had to leave the city early because so many of our parents worked in the city. So because of all this traffic and and delays that they had to come early and pick us up and that school was going to be closed for the rest of the day. And, you know, at the time we, we didn't think anything of it, but I remember there was a kid next to me and the kid said, there's traffic every day, Miss Conahan. Why does school have to be closed now? And again, not many of us thought much of it, but I remember him saying that. And we leave school, we go home. I still have no idea what's going on. I was walking distance from the school, so I would just walk to and from school every day. It was right by my house. And my dad worked in New York City. So I come back through the doors, and I remember walking into the front door, and my mom in front of the living room, just in front of the TV, just in in total shock, and there's just tears going down her face. And she told me what had happened. There was no hiding it. She knew it was going to be, you know, all over. She would rather tell me herself, and I sat and I watched the news. Little did I know at the time, she kept it from me. We could not get a hold of my dad. At that time, there were beepers. So usually you beat my dad and then you go to a phone and you call and he would call right away. He was always good about that, but he he wasn't answering for some reason. And this is right when the second plane went in and hit the Twin Towers. So she just can't get a hold of him. So she was an absolute mess. I, I didn't know that that was the case at the time. Finally, it turns out, thank God, he calls back and he had left the city and he got out of there. But just I, I'll just never forget that day the the misery the it was just awful and I'm sure none of you listening will forget that day um but something that bothers me so much is when especially when 9-11 the other day uh people feel the need to put up consp- 
conspiracy theories about it. That's something that just gets under my skin so much. As if some people say that it was fake, that the plane never hit the tower, and that the government was behind it. Just stop. I mean, just, just, just stop. It just, oh, just really gets under my skin. People were there. People lost lives, families over this. Okay, there was no, there was nothing, there was no conspiracy behind any of this. I just, oh, God. But just a a huge, the the way the, it's a shame that a tragedy has to happen for the country to kind of come together and people to come together. It's a shame, but that just seems to be the way that it is. Whether nowadays uh, there's a shooting that seems to happen once every month or that it takes a tragedy like that for everybody to come together. But what I will say is watching the nation come together after 9-11, I remember George Bush throwing out the first pitch in Yankee Stadium or when we found out that they killed Osama bin Laden during ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Everybody's chanting USA, USA in Philly Stadium. But just, I mean, thoughts and prayers till this day with firefighters, police officers, Families affected from that day. There's so many different stories of people just missing um, the Twin Towers. Like Seth MacFarlane, he had a story where he was supposed to be on that plane that crashed into the Twin Towers. And he ended up being late for the flight and missing the flight. That ends up being the plane that that crashes into 9-11. People who like had to go on a donut run at that time. And when they left the building 10 minutes later... Tragedy strikes. There's so many different stories about it. But, um, man, just, again, I, I hate to end the, the, the podcast segment on, on this type of note, but it needs to be addressed. And we got to give a special shout-out to the families that lost lives and were destroyed from that day. Anywho, on the other end... We appreciate you all, every single one of you. Milestone episode 15 for being aboard and a part of the brilliantly dumb show. I know I speak for both myself and Grace. We're having a ball doing this, folks. We just love getting dialed in here. Talking to you guys 15 minutes, 25 minutes, 45 minutes. Little momentum behind this podcast now. Okay? Big news ahead as well. We're just about finished. With the Brilliantly Dumb Show podcast gear, apparel, shirts, hoodies, friend of the pod, shirts. I mean, we we spent a lot of time on this. Big shout out to Maximin Glocklin, the man, the mind behind it all, but should be releasing soon. I'll keep you up to date on the Instagram. Thank you for being a part of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. We look forward to seeing you. Episode 16, folks. Take care. Good night. Have yourselves a damn good week. Bye-bye now.